Welcome back, everybody, to the episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. This is episode number 82, dedicated to two men. Two men who are tied with 82 career PGA Tour wins, which also has them tied for first place, Mr. Sam Sneed, and of course, Tiger Woods. And as always, thank you for listening and downloading to the episode of the podcast. On today's episode, we have Mr. Craig Campbell, co-host of The Final Score, coming on to join me to talk about expectations, things we can't expect for three quarterbacks coming up in the upcoming National Football League season. Mr. Cameron Newton. <clears throat> Mr. Jameis Winston, and then, of course, a guy that plays in Arizona people often forget about, Kyler Murray. But before we get to that conversation, I have a couple things I want to mention. Coming up next week, we have an Ohio State podcaster, him, uh, Corey Thompson. Him and his co-host, Johnny, do a phenomenal job. The Scarlet and Great podcast will be coming out a week from today. Be on the lookout for that. Then also, the following week, I have an NFL scout, scouting, a scouting coordinator for NFL Draft Bible coming on. Draft week coming on to get us ready for the NFL draft. Yes, I know it's going to be done via uh, virtual style. Hey, that's not going to stop the operation. The NFL is going to figure this thing out and go on as scheduled. And I am very, very happy that they have not postponed the NFL draft. Also, one more announcement I want to make before getting to the conversation Craig and I had. I believe it was a week or two ago I mentioned that we are very, 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 very close to eclipsing the 4,000 plays or download mark in the history, the small, short history of the Jay Stevens podcast. And we did eclipse that mark as of 10 p.m. on April the 8th. 2020, we have eclipsed the 4,000 download or plays mark with this podcast. And I have to put emphasis on download or play slash plays because I was telling one of my friends about this and they and they didn't know the difference. They thought they were the same thing. If you download the, uh, the episode on your, on your phone, that is not technically a play or a download depending on which podcast you're talking to. So I always say downloads or plays, they're, they're the same thing. We have eclipsed that mark 10 p.m. April the 8th, as of that mark, we have eclipsed it, gone over the 4,000 plays download mark. And one of my goals, it wasn't my goal when I started this podcast, but I would love to have 5,000 downloads or plays, whichever version of Word you want to use, by May the 12th, the one-year anniversary of the Jay Stevens podcast. I don't care if it happens this week. I don't care if it happens next week. I don't care if it happens April the 30th, which happens to be a Thursday, three weeks from today. I don't care if it happens at the very last minute prior to May the 12th. It does not matter. I would just love to hit the 5,000 plays or downloads mark by May the 12th, the one-year anniversary mark of the Jay Stevens podcast. I also want to say thank you because that could not happen without you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for reviewing. Thank you for uh, rating. And then also, thank you for getting the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. Your friends, your family, even that foe that you don't like, but you know they like sports, and you think they will enjoy the same thing you enjoy. Thank you for telling everyone. Thank you for getting the word out because without you, this milestone, this mark could not be met. Let's go ahead and take a trip to Deltona, Florida to enjoy my fun conversation that I had with Mr. Craig Campbell, co-host of The Final Score. Hey, Craig, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Jay. Appreciate, uh, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no problem, man. No problem. Recently this week, um, I, believe you, I believe it was Thursday at midnight, the Florida governor issued a stay-at-home order for you guys, your state, where you're currently living. 
Um, how has that kind of shifted people around you and your thought process um, when you guys really are not are told to not leave the home? Uh, well, here in Florida, uh, there's been a lot of pressure for Governor DeSantis to put in that, uh, that stay-at-home order because we are in the top five of confirmed cases of, of COVID-19, but not a lot of deaths. So it's been kind of – they didn't want to put that in at all. So uh, as far as us, I mean, I haven't really left the house too much anyway. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's been a little crazy around here. People, uh, a lot of places, as you would imagine, grocery stores are pretty bare and everything. But uh, Florida is a really interesting state just because of the fact that a lot of people, for whatever reason – they don't like to listen to authority. They like to do whatever they want. So, uh, but it's, it's, it's been a little bit different for us recording our show. Uh, it's affected us cause we all, we usually record weekly, but now we're just recording kind of when some news piles up and we can put out a show. Yeah, I understand that. Definitely understand that. Um, with, I think a lot of sports shows, it's, it's been a, dis- it's been a different change. It's been an adjustment. You can't really prepare life for sports or even for life for things to be shut down like they have um what kind of talk a little bit about your show you mentioned it um when you guys started you and chris uh, some things that make it unique to you and then some of the changes aside from just like the times of recording um that you guys have made due to COVID 19. absolutely uh so the the podcast that we have is called final score uh and it is on our our own network that him and i also co-own called podcast city network um, so the two of us and then, uh, a third owner, uh, they started the network about two years ago and we started our show just over a year ago. So we just hit our year anniversary a couple months ago, nice. but, uh, nice. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Thank you. It's, it's interesting. You see all these podcasts that don't last more than, you know, 15, 20 episodes. And we're on, I think 51 was our last one. So it was, uh, it was good, but, um, we just basically started the podcast out of a love for uh, just a love for sports. Like I've been able to, I love having conversations about sports. I can talk, uh, I can talk almost any sport <laughs> and be able to hold my own. Uh, but I grew up in Michigan. So I was, I'm a big Detroit fan all the way around. So, you know, the uh, diehard fans, I know you live in, in Indiana, the diehard sports fans in the Midwest, you know, we can talk mm-hmm. sports all mm-hmm. day. Um, so that's kind of where it started is we just each had a love for sports and he wanted to have a sports show on his network and it just kind of took off from there. We, we usually recorded, uh, episodes and put them out, but then we started doing something really unique and we now live stream all of our episodes. So I've noticed that. (laughs) So we kind of treat it like a real broadcast. And, uh, I think that's really kind of helped us hone because there's no editing. There's no, if you screw up, you just got to roll with it. So I think yeah. it's been really fun and unique. And I've always had a dream of being a sportscaster since I was a kid anyway. So I think it's kind of fun to be able to kind of live that dream a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your live streaming and the, that whole aspect, because most people that I, most guests that I've had on the podcast are podcasters. They don't do the live stream where, they're live recording, videoing themselves, or even doing a Zoom with their with the guests that's on with them. They're just recording at their home. Um, they may have they do some editing and things like that, or if they mess up, they may take some things out. But you guys are literally live, and I've watched a few of you, a few of your broadcasts. 
the back and forth, it seems like you guys are two best friends. I don't, I've never met either <laughs> one of you guys, but it seems like you guys are like best friends just going back and forth, um, bickering and things like that. Um, how has, how has the, uh, the live aspect of it, um, been with you? Uh, it's been a little challenging because when we have technical difficulties, I mean, it could really derail the whole show, but, um, I think it's really helped us in our preparation. Uh, we have to, you know, we have a joined, uh, Google document that we just, we map out our whole show. And uh, I think it's gotten us pretty good on being able to, now we have a timer to keep ourselves in a time frame. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we used to ramble for like two and a half hours, but now we keep it pretty compact to an actual hour long show. And it's been, it's been a new skill that both of us have had to learn because now you're not dealing with just audio. You have to deal with the video aspect of it. And, uh, we have a, uh, a open source broadcasting program that we use that I, I'm sure if you've seen it, it kind of looks like a PTI setup. Like it is. It does. It does. And, and that's kind of a little bit of look we're going for, but we want it to be, we want it to kind of present ourselves as professionally as possible. And that's been a little bit of a learning curve. Uh, Chris is the guy behind that. He's, he's the producing of the show while it's live. Um, so I'm just the guy that sits there and spouts off <laughs> on the other side of the table. Oh, so there's no, there's no like live producer, just you two there yourselves. There's nobody behind the scenes running everything. Just you Correct. Two? It's just the two of us. Um, we have, uh, when we're on location, like we go to some of our sponsors to do on location shows like we did for the Super Bowl. Uh, and sometimes we will have somebody actual produce it, a third person there. But most of the time it's just the two of us. Wow, man, that's uh, that's amazing. It's a challenge in and of itself, doing it live and then also producing. But um, that's <laughs> I'm amazed. I didn't know. I thought I thought the whole time you guys had someone behind the scenes, and then you guys were just talking and, and running the show. But no, um, that's interesting, and also um, shows how flexible you guys have been to just really be on the fly, learning this as you go. Do you have any, are there any plans you're able to share for the future with the show? Uh, well, starting actually uh, Sunday night, which we're releasing this episode later this week, but um, th starting this week, we are actually having, doing something fun we've never done on the show before. We're going to be hosting a, uh, a fan voted tournament of sports movie madness, we're calling it. And we're, we've okay. got this tournament where it's, 64 of the best sports movies of all time put into four different regions, much like the NCAA basketball tournament. And we're doing, we have our selection Sunday, which is uh, by the time this is out, it'll already have been happened. But um, we are, are having every week people can vote and you're going to, uh, it's going to whittle all the way down to a, you know, a final four and, and a championship. And throughout that process, we're working with another podcast that's here in Florida to, to put this on. And we're also going to be raising funds throughout the whole tournament. Uh, and those funds are going to be donated to an organization that helps those that have been affected by the coronavirus. Nice. I like it. I like it. Sports movies are fun. We debate those all the time. There's a guy on Twitter, uh, Jason Barrett. He runs Jason uh, Barrett Sports Media. And he put out a Sports Center anchor bracket, 64 different anchors, goes all the way back to Keith Olbermann, <laughs> uh, Chris Bourbon, Dan Patrick, even to the new guys. And I believe the final, it is Scott Van Pelt versus Dan Patrick. Ooh. 
Van Pelt beat out Stuart Scott in the final four. I, my vote would have been Stuart Scott. That's who I voted for. But I was kind of amazed that um, that a lot of the fans are voting. They they value Van Pelt, and it really could be Van Pelt is is still doing his thing now. Unfortunately, Stuart Scott's no longer right. with us, so it could be recency bias. It was fifty two percent versus forty eight percent, so it was a really close vote. Um, but I'm going to be looking forward to that vote um, or that little bracket you guys are doing. I'll be voting myself. I, I'm a guy. I'll say this now. I guess I'm from Indiana. You mentioned that. I don't like the movie Hoosiers. I've watched it once, <laughs> and I'll probably never watch it again. Um, but those are things that, like, sports fans, we, we like. We debate things like that. Um, but enough of that. We're going – I brought you here mainly to talk about um, yep. football, football in the fall. And uh, I'm looking forward to it, not just because – Football season, we love it. You love it. Um, I would. I don't know if you know this. I'm an Ohio State fan. You're a Michigan fan, so that'd be fun. A little back and forth in the fall for college football side. But when it comes to the NFL, there's a quarterback out there that missed. I think most of last season. I think he played two weeks. Um, then he got hurt, went down with an injury, missed the rest of the season. And Cameron Newton, and he's still available. Were, are you shocked that he's still out there and that no one's? He's he's got to be he's got to be the best available player out there on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, but I mean, looking at am I surprised that he's still out there? Not really, just because of a few different factors. You mentioned the foot, the injury he had, uh, his Liz Frank injury limited him two games. Didn't really necessarily play well in in those games. The first game against the Rams did pretty well, but that second game against the Bucks uh, didn't necessarily look very good. So. Uh, you could tell that injury, along with his shoulder injuries, been really kind of hobbling him the last uh, year or two. But uh, I think it's mostly just the injuries, and you've got the NFL draft coming up, and all these quarterbacks that uh, are supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be one of the deepest quarterback classes in a while. So I think a lot of those factors play into it. And if you look at teams around the league there's not a lot of spots that cam newt can really fit so a lot of guys a lot of teams have their guy at quarterback yeah they do they do and with cam newton um i saw one stat last year it's kind of eye opening and eye popping to me is where his career stats this is in the middle of last season um so the other quarterback was still playing but cam newton's career stats and andy and andy dalton's career stats at that time were very very similar the one thing that Camp Newton does provide that a lot of other quarterbacks can't provide is his frame. He's big. He's strong. Um, he, he's If you hit him, he's like Big Ben. It's hard to knock him down. Uh, but I, I like Cam Newton. I just don't know what to expect going forward. And this is partly because uh, I'm a Colts fan. And so with the Colts, Andrew Luck, I saw all his injuries. I saw the bad O-line play. I saw him getting stacked a lot, and it really affected him mentally on the field. Um, but with Cam Newton in his frame and his, and his, uh, his stature – I don't know, and Craig, you, you may be thinking different than me. I, you may have an expectation. I don't know what to expect from him in the fall. Well, the one the one knock on him is you mentioned all the intangibles that he has and the and just the things you can't teach, the size, the strength, the speed. Uh, you can't knock him down, but his, his game is dependent upon him being healthy and using his feet, using his arm. But if you look at his if you look at his pure quarterback stats. Uh, he has not really been a great passing quarterback. He has to be a dual threat. I mean, in in 2018, which is his last full season, he had a career high in passing completion, and it was it was 67 and a half percent. But the next highest 
percentage that he had was 2013 and it was 61%. Like his passing numbers, he doesn't look great as a passing quarterback. So, I mean, I think that plays a little bit into why he's also, yeah, he's 30. He's still got a few years left. But just from a pure passing standpoint, if Cam Newton wants to be effective, he has to go to a team that is going to try to utilize all of his skill sets and not just depend on him throwing the ball down the field. It doesn't help that Carolina never gave him any help, no receivers, barely any help on the offense. But I think think that just the, the passing numbers that he has had or lack thereof in his career, even in his even in his uh, MVP season, he didn't pass the ball particularly well, but he was able to use both his arms and his feet. Yes, yes, yes. And I think I think going into this next up uh, this next season, that's what a lot of people are are a lot of GMs, people in front office, head coaches, offensive coordinators, they're skeptical because he does use his feet. And when he does use his feet properly and he does use his legs um, the best way that he can, he is one, he can be one of the best, one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL. I won't say better, one of the best, um, because ultimately, like you've mentioned and said very well, his pat, his completion percentage, his arm, his accuracy, it's never been there. And so when I say best, I'm thinking like the guys that are very, very accurate, um, that can make all the throws anytime, run or pass, it doesn't really matter. But when it comes to the arm that's needed to move the ball, to move the chains, they have it. Cam Newton hasn't had the accuracy, but I'm really looking forward to seeing how his legs and how his feet hold up, how his mm-hmm. body holds up. And I'm kind of I'm kind of nervous because um, a lot of people are saying he may go out west to the Chargers. Well, the Chargers offensive line, we saw what happened last year with Phillip Rivers. The old line, it wasn't really the best. And Cam Newton, I'm looking at his sack numbers right here from for the yearly sack, sack totals that he's, that he's had. His rookie year, he got sacked 35 times. Uh, 2013, he got sacked 43 times. 2014, 38 times. Uh, the last full season that he played, well, 2018, he played 14 right. to 16 games. But he got sacked 29 times. I, in my mind, I'm not, I'm not shocked that he's still out there because people know that with him, you need his feet. He needs his feet to be good. And a lot of the teams that are out there that are still available, Craig, you may agree with this, they're old lines, aren't they? Right, good? and the, the one thing, you mentioned the Chargers. Uh, I've seen other teams being tossed around. And, of course, the Patriots come up a lot. But uh, I've been always really quick to shoot that down because it doesn't make sense from the Patriots' perspective. I mean, you got Bill Belichick sees the game a certain way and Cam Newton sees it a completely opposite way. So I don't think – and I know Scott Pioli mentioned on a CBS Sports Radio Saturday – Uh, this past Saturday, that Cam and Bill Belichick wouldn't coexist just because they're ideologies, and I completely agree. Um, You look at other teams. The one thing I will say about the Chargers is I think that is his best fit uh, because that is the only team in the NFL that he would be a definite starter on day one as soon as he walked in the door. Uh, And they did go out. Yeah, they traded Russell Okung, but they – they ended up getting Brian Balaga. They got um, – I forget the guy's name, but he's the guard in that trade with Okung from Carolina. Uh, Trey's – sorry, something. I forget off the top of my head. But they upgraded their O-line. Their defense is going to be healthier. So if he were to go anywhere – and they, Tyrod Taylor has a similar game to Cam Newton. He's a little bit more efficient, but I think that would be his best fit. And if he doesn't go anywhere else, I think he's going to have to settle for being a backup. Yeah, I, and I honestly, I think that's going to be the biggest thing with Cam Newton, with his, with the way that he views himself, is very similar to the guy that he played 
in week number two, you mentioned the game, uh, Panthers versus Bucks in week two. Jameis Winston, the last year, the first quarterback to throw 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions in a, in a, in a season. And when I'm watching him, I went back and watched some, some film on him this week just in preparation for today and us talking um, here on the podcast. Part of the time, I'm like, Jameis, you know what to do. You know what you can do. Make the right throw. And he makes the okay. He makes an okay throw. Um, timing is off. And it's like, okay, Jameis, you're going back. You're the same guy you were your second year in college. I mean, second year as a starter at Florida State. We saw you fall off. We saw your decision-making going down. Okay, okay, maybe you should. You, you could get a little bit better. No, he has it. And then ultimately, the other time that I'm watching his highlights, I'm like, what are you doing? You're throwing the ball into double, triple, sometimes quadruple coverage, and you're expecting your receiver. I don't care if it's Mike Evans. I don't care if it's Chris Godwin. I don't care who the receiver is. If you're throwing into quadruple coverage, you can't expect your receiver to have the best chance of catching the ball. How did you view, what are some of the observations you had of Jameis Winston last year and contrary go, or in grouping that with expectations? Well, looking at last year, you kind of look at his, he had a, he had a career high in completions, attempts, yards, touchdowns, interceptions, of course, yards per attempt, yards per game, and sacks. Like he led the NFL in three different categories, passing attempts, yards, and of course, picks. But I think if you look at his previous year, he was, his numbers were a lot, I think a lot more inflated in 2019 because I like to look at it as how much of that was him versus how much of that was Byron Leftwich being the first year offensive coordinator and his play calling and the type of style of offense that they run. Uh, because, you know, Byron Leftwich, they started throwing the ball a lot more down the field versus in 2018 when they didn't throw the ball down the field as much. But I think part of the reason why he's still available, you already mentioned it, is because he's Jameis Winston. He turns the ball over. He has poor decision-making. <laughs> uh, he's not – you mentioned it at Florida State too. He's just – he has not always been the type of guy that whether it's just his football IQ or it's just he thinks he's a gunslinger like a Brett Favre type or he can just put it into a window that's not there – uh, we don't really know, but he's probably one of the – he's probably the most intriguing of the two quarterbacks as far as his situation because he's still only 26 years old and he's just coming off of, you know, that that monster year, yet teams are not lining up because, I don't know, maybe they don't think he can cut it or what. But I think there's a couple of places that he could fit in really well. I, I, I like I like Jameis in, at Florida State. Uh, coming out of college, I expected him to be the better quarterback when, when it was when it was grouping him mm-hmm. with uh, Marcus Mariota. They came out the same year, so I was thinking, yep. uh, I believe it was the same year. So I was thinking Mariota, Winston, who's going to be better? And every year in Tampa, I'm expecting Jameis only because of my desire for him to be better than what he's ever been in his life or his playing career. I want Jameis Winston to literally play better because I want to look good because I don't want to be the guy on the, on the show saying, hey, yeah, guys, coming out of college, I thought Jameis was going to be great or good. I'm going to say great. I was going to be good. And then a year or two down the road, yeah, I thought he was going to be good. He can still do it. I'm going to tell you, he can do it. Right. No, he can't, he can't do it. And, and I was talking to my dad about this recently, or this is last season when Jameis was playing. And I said, Dad, he, it's not his eyes. People are saying it's his eyes. No, that man can't right. read defenses at all. And he, you go back to Florida State, you saw the same thing. 
Craig, this man can't no, read No, he can't anything. read a defense to save his life. I mean, I, I think it was really funny. You mentioned his eyes getting fixed when he went and got surgery right after the season. <laughs> like, like that's actually going to fix mm-hmm. his decision-making ability. But, uh, I mean, you you mentioned, like, being being wrong. Like, I think that's half the fun of doing what we do. We love talking sports. Like, if it happens on our show, I know you, you mentioned, like, some of the episodes. Chris and I – if we're if one of us is wrong, we let the other one know about it, and it's I think that's half the fun. <laughs> it is, it, it is, it is, man. And I know, like down the road, I'm gonna have to have a segment where it's just like me talking about how <laughs> off I was with Jameis. How even now, uh, it's like I, I know, I know he probably won't be good. I know fixing his eye, I know he's getting the LASIK surgery. That's not going to fix his problem. It's all up in his brain, and ultimately. He's very similar to Cam Newton. I didn't know. I did not think about this at all till now. They're very, very similar to where they think they're right. better than what they actually are. And I'm not sure how what the Buccaneers fans think of Jameis if they're um, glad he's gone or they're ready to get to, for him to be gone after year two. But he always thinks he's right. better than what he is. And ultimately, Craig, it's it's one reason why he has not gotten better. Right. Um, and actually, uh, a friend of mine that works for uh, the Bucks Report, uh, Philip, down there in Tampa, I asked him about it right before Tom Brady signed. I said, you know, I know it's not set in stone, but who would you rather have, Jameis or Brady? He says, I'd honestly want Winston. I was like, what? <laughs> I know Brady's like I know Brady's like 70 years old now, but, I mean, you got a chance to, to bring in a guy who knows how to win. And, he, uh, you know, Tampa fans are still – they have a really big love-hate relationship uh, with Winston. And I think some of it is because of the fact that, uh, you know, he went to Florida State. He's kind of considered a hometown guy. And, you know, just like you said, they want him to succeed so badly. But he always finds ways to, you know, uh, shoot himself in the foot or, or do something like that. So, uh, but I think I think with his style of play, there is, a, there is a spot I think he would fit in perfectly just because of how he plays. And that's, that's Pittsburgh. I think he would be a great fit with the Steelers. He plays pretty similarly to Ben Roethlisberger, who is still a big question mark. Uh, and you've seen, we've seen last year, they have zero depth behind Big Ben in Pittsburgh. So I think he fits that offense. I think yeah. he would be a really good locker room fit with Mike Tomlin being his head coach. Uh, I, and with all those weapons that they have, they brought in Eric Ebron. I know you and I on Twitter have talked about our feelings about him, but uh but with having Juju uh-huh. and, and guys there in Pittsburgh, I think that's a great fit for him. My one thing with that situation, and I, I think football-wise it may be okay, my one thing with him going to Pittsburgh is those fans. You give Jameis one game, one five-interception game, and then him doing it again, they're going to be ready to throw in the towel because their heart knows they don't care who you are they don't want you, and if they and if you show them early on, you 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 can't be successful. They're going to boo mm-hmm. you very very badly, and I, I don't I, I I'm I'm up in the air I'm up in the air about about James going anywhere. Honestly, I don't, I don't know where he'll fit in. But my only skept, my only thing with that is his mind. I don't think he can handle. Uh, uh, I I mean, fans. Steelers fans are that? so passionate. Like they are, they are. But they're not delusionally passionate. Like, there, there's some franchises out there, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but the Steelers fans, mm-hmm. yeah, they, they absolutely they know their football. And like you said, they, they will absolutely jump on him if he makes a lot of mistakes. But look at – I mean, look at Big Ben. 
all the talent in the world, and he still makes questions. He still, when he was healthy, making questionable decisions, throwing you know throwing balls where they probably shouldn't throw them. Yet he is so beloved there because he took him to a Super Bowl. Like, um, but I th- I think Jameis is kind of in the talent from a talent perspective. I think he fits that same mold. And yeah, he's just got to, he's just got to fix what's between his ears. And that's, I think his biggest hurdle. It is, it is. I'm not sure what coach it could be that could assist him with that. Um, I'm not sure. I thought yeah. maybe Bruce Arians going down there would help him. Yeah. Him and, him and Byron left those together. It did yeah. help the offense um, go to do, do things and, and uh, pass the guard things for Jameis that he'll probably, that he may never see yep. again on a stat sheet. I like him. Like I told you, I'm still hoping and wishing um, that he'll that he'll play to my expectations right. <laughs> only so I can look good. Because I do not want to get a tweet sometime <laughs> from you and you're saying, Jay, remember that time you told me you wanted Jameis to be good? And Craig, I'm sure you'll go back and uh, look at me if I really Yeah, I mean, it's, it's – yeah, we'll, we'll probably have a little, you know, fun, little fun at it. But – I know you. I know you can hang over my head. You know, being an you said an Ohio State fan, you can hang that over my head every single year if you wanted to. <laughs> See, I try not to be that guy because I try to be a yep. different Ohio State fan. I know Ohio State fans get a yep. bad rap because we all talk trash. We all hang it in your face. How many days has it been since Michigan beat Ohio State? <laughs> I try not to be that guy, but trust me, it, it probably will be a time. Pretty soon, and hope like if it happens in the yeah. fall, I'll probably say something just because I like to I like to talk trash. Um, there's another quarterback, another quarterback here. It's almost like people forget about it. Now, granted, he is five foot ten, two hundred seven pounds, but he's all the way in Arizona. You don't really talk about it. He's in the same division with the Rams, the Seahawks, and the 49ers. So ultimately, he is going to be the fourth team, the team forgotten about. Even the Phoenix Suns, when Devin Booker does well, nope. I keep, yeah, we talk about it but not the same way as we do with other players that are in different markets and things like that. Kyler Murray, this young man here, I, I, I really, really, really wish that people talked about him more and talked about how good he can be, how good he is, and the potential that he has um, with, his, with the way that he plays. Because last year, I didn't expect much from him because of his height. And I, it's not just me saying, oh, he's 5'10", I'm not going to uh, give him any credit. No. He's very, very short, and I always have a hard time with short quarterbacks, not just seeing over the offensive line, but being able to just basically get the ball off and throw it. No matter how great your arm is, I have a hard time believing and trusting a five foot 10 inch quarterback being able to be good, be able to be successful, and to read defenses very well. But last year, this young man, 3,700 yards, 20 touchdowns. Yes, he threw 12 interceptions. But man, going into the fall, I, I'm Chris, with you, I and I had the, the same reservations about him coming out of college. Because I mean, look at the offense that uh, Lincoln Riley ran at Oklahoma, and he didn't have to make decisions. He was just so much faster than everybody else on the field, and I think he he really uh, turned a lot of heads, and myself included, made kind of made me. I'm not a complete believer yet, but I think he's. I think for me, he's well on his way. I mean, yeah. You didn't know what you were going to get with Kyler Murray, undersized, uh, the undersized quarterback. You mentioned all the things that uh, are going against him, but you also had Cliff Kingsbury, first-year head coach, that air raid offense. You didn't know if that's going to work in the NFL. And there are times that it didn't work, but there are a lot of times that it did. So, I mean, I, I think the future is very promising for those two paired up together. 
But, I mean, when you got a kid like Kyler Murray and you look at, like, the most beloved quarterback in Arizona history, Jake Plummer, I mean, Kyler Murray broke or set 14 franchise records for the Cardinals last year on his way to the 2019 Offensive Rookie of the Year. And now looking at what the Cardinals decide to do, they know they have a small window on a rookie contract. So they went out and they got rid of – they went out and got Kenyon Drake and then got rid of David Johnson and then traded him for DeAndre Hopkins in the process. Now looking at the weapons he has, I'm like – I'd be really scared if I'm the NFC West right now because the Rams are struggling. The Seahawks, you don't know what you're getting out of them. 49ers came out of nowhere last year. I think the Cardinals could be that 49ers team this year, maybe not that record, but they went 5-10-1 last year, and they lost two games by a field goal, three other games by less than a touchdown, and they tied the Lions in week one. So, like, they were very – that's six games right there that could go either way. I mean, you're talking about from 5-10-1 to a possible playoff berth. Yeah, it – I, I think the one thing why I'm expecting big things from him in the fall is that DeAndre Hopkins move. I have gone on a couple of rants on my show about how my own thought process has been with Bill O'Brien <laughs> and how he's moving literally his best player off of the team. Um, you could love Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson is a great player. You could not tell me that he's a better player than DeAndre Hopkins. But with him, he's already yep. great. He's already He already has years where I think he's dropped zero or one ball at how many drops he's had in a season. So he's already great. He's already a guy that you can expect throw it up any route. He's going, he's going, he's going to go get the ball. But you have Larry Fitzgerald, another guy who always gets open, who is not the fastest guy on the field. He's smarter than the guy across from him, and he doesn't drop the ball. So those are kind of things that I'm expecting this season. It's like, yeah, you mentioned Kenyon Drake, but Larry Fitzgerald and DeAndre Hopkins together, those two on opposite sides of the field, who do you right. tilt the defense to? You can't tilt it to, 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 to Fitzgerald's side because Hopkins is going to be one-on-one. If you tilt it to Hopkins' side, you can't you, – yep. Fitzgerald is going to be one-on-one. So with those two together, Craig, I'm expecting big things because the defense yep. – And I, I love Larry Fitzgerald. On. I mean, he's been in the league for so long, but he's doing everything the right way. I'm surprised he's still playing, but I'm, I'm glad he is because the, the type of effect that he has on a locker room and a young guy like Kyler Murray – uh, that I mean, that's only going to help him big time in, throughout his career. But uh, looking at the Cardinals, last year under Cliff Kingsbury, they led the NFL in multiple receiver sets. And now you've got, you mentioned, Hopkins, Fitzgerald, they even Christian Kirk in the slot. I mean, those, those three guys, and mm-hmm. you know how hard it is to find good nickel and dime defenders in the, in the secondary in the NFL. Now you've got three weapons that you can use. And Kenyon Drake's pretty good out of the backfield himself catching passes. So you've got all those guys. I, I think the Cardinals, I don't know if Kyler Murray's numbers are going to make a big jump, but I think the win total is going to be where a lot of that uh, improvement is going to come from for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. I think, I think, well, three things are going to go up. Well, one kind of automatic, but I think net will I'll say four because they all go together. I think, Kyler Murray's completion percentage will go up next year from 64.4 um, simply because of the guy he has on the field. And Hopkins can kind of help Kyler Murray be a young, being a young quarterback and saying, well, um, yes, I know I'm probably one of the better receivers you'll ever play with, uh, along with the guy on the other side of the field is probably uh, one of the better guys you'll play with. But we can help you get better, and here's how. So I'm expecting more completion percentage, yep. uh, completion percentage to go up. 
His passing yards, of course, will go up because of who he has on the field. But ultimately, touchdowns go up, interceptions go down. And so right. it's kind of the even trade um, with, with him. Also, five, I hope the offensive <laughs> line gets better because he they led – he led – he himself got sacked 48 yep. times the most among any quarterback in the NFL. So let's say five. But ultimately, this team, they can make some noise. Um, they do have – I don't know if they have the chance, like you said, to make the same record as the 49ers did last year. But in the NFC, Craig is yeah, going to be you, a Yeah, you mentioned leading team. the league in sacks. I mean, that's uh, – between sacks and him having 12 interceptions, I think he's still going to get double-digit picks because he's going to – Second year, he's going to start taking more chances. And you know you got DeAndre Hopkins, like you mentioned, barely drops any passes ever. Uh, I, I mean, I think he's going to take more chances, but I think those sack numbers go down. I think all the other numbers you mentioned do go up. Pick numbers will probably stay the same, but I could easily see this team making a shot, especially because we're adding a playoff team. I could easily see the Cardinals yeah. being in that yeah. conversation for a wild card spot. I think so too. Uh, I, I I really think that'll um, that'll be be the spot. I had to, I had a thought in my head, and then it just slipped my mind that quickly. Craig, this was fun. Before every time I have a guest on, I always end with nine different questions. Um, kind of just give me your first thought that comes into your head when you hear each question. Question number one, and then at the end of this, also I'll give you time sure. to promote promote your show even more if people want to connect with you, um, where they can listen to your podcast. If they want to connect with, with your podcast, specifically via social media, there's time for that at the end as well. Um, but question number one, who will start more games in the upcoming season, Jameis Winston Cam or Cam Newton? Favorite, Favorite NBA, NBA player? player. Uh, man, uh, Allen Iverson. Currently playing. Okay. What about someone uh, playing currently? currently I, love, I love Devin Booker's game. Nice. I like it. I like it too. A game you watch. game I watch, I'll never I'll forget. forget. Uh 2004 Detroit Pistons NBA Finals win over the star-studded Lakers at Carl oh, Malone. Oh, the team with yep. Gary Payton. They Carl were the Malone, yeah, they were Shaq the finals or bust team. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that series. I think Carl Malone got hurt in that series, even though the Pistons were the better team. Uh, I think Carl Malone's injury was right. one thing that they the Lakers could never get over. Favorite, Favorite oh, Michigan. That's easy. <laughs> Your home, I yeah, oh, home? I, I, you just like going Michigan home? is beautiful in the summer. Now, if you ask me, like in the wintertime, where would I go? Uh, I'm just staying in Florida. <laughs> I forgot. I didn't. I, I know when I wrote that down, I didn't click on my head. You already live in Florida, so most people up here, Midwesterners like myself, and like you were born, people want to go down right. to somewhere where it's warm. But you're already warm. Um, so it totally slipped my mind. Place you place want, want to go, go never, but you have never um, been. Place I want to go, I've never been. I've never been to. Man, that's a good question. Uh, oh, I've never been to Nashville. I'd like to go check out Nashville. I think you'll like it. I think you'll like it a lot. When you, If you ever get to go, I would say check out the Country Music Hall of Fame. No matter if you're a country music fan or not, just go in there, look at the history, look at all the stuff that's inside. I think you'll definitely enjoy that. A job in sports you would love On-air to have. On-air personality. What network? And is it a sport specifically one sport? Or how, oh, how so would you give me the little details about that? I watching guys like Dan Patrick, Stuart Scott, uh, SVP in the heyday of Sports Center. But I think now a guy that I really enjoy watching and listening to is Will Kane. I think, I think his kind of just his 
for the most part, he's unbiased unless he's starting to talk about the Cowboys. <laughs> but, uh, but even then, he says, like, hey, I know I'm a homer, but I try to look at it as objectively as possible. But I think, I think being able to just have the opportunity to reach and impact people on that uh, much of a scale would be – I mean, it's already a fulfilling thing to do what we do now even for the few people that listen. And I know we have only got like a couple hundred people that like our show, which is, but that is already a couple hundred people that are interested in hearing what we have to say. So. Yes. Yes. One more question with the Will Kane things. I know he has been on TV. He does do radio. Would you prefer to be on television or do radio? One game you would love to attend any sport anywhere in the world. One game you would love to attend. I would love to attend the World Cup Championship men's. Well, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't even really matter, actually, because soccer the... is one. Like, I've on my bucket list, I want to go see an English Premier League game. Um, uh, one of my old roommates mm-hmm. is a big uh, – he's a big uh, Man U fan. And, uh, you know, Arsenal is the only team that you okay. can kind of see on this side of the on this side of the pond. But uh, I think seeing a because it's such a worldwide sport, I would love to see a championship game of the World Cup at some point in my life. You're the second person, I believe, on the podcast that has actually said World Cup. And it's on it's I won't say it's not on my bucket list, not because I don't want to watch international soccer or um, want to watch anything like that at all. But I think with us living in America and our football is here and we always have this desire to see what is soccer like on the other side of the water. You can go to Mexico and see soccer. Yeah, Mexico, uh, they play soccer as well. But you go back over there to those other leagues, as I call them, because there's so many. I forget the names of them half the time. If you go see the other leagues over there, man, it makes (laughs) it makes everything look wild, almost like football in the South. Um, how every stadium in the South is full, high school football stadiums, a lot of times in Texas, they're full every Friday night. It's the same thing over there. Their love, their fascination, uh, all the things that we use to describe their uh, fanaticism uh, yeah. with sports, they love it, and they go to a different level of that with their sport. Two more things. Who would win in a game – who would win in a game of one-on-one? Ooh, depends Michael on Jordan what rules you're playing. So – Pick your I think Jordan, just because of his creativity, LeBron's going to be – LeBron is, like, bigger, stronger, faster. He could probably try to back him down. But I think, I think Jordan's just more crafty. He had to be – with the tougher rules, he had to be more crafty yeah. on defense. And then when they implemented the hand check rule, the Jordan rule, it, offense was easy for him in the late part of his career. But the defense, he was still, he was still uh, a defensive force even, you know, into the mid part of his 30s. Yeah, he was. And I was kind of – I was just hoping that you wouldn't bring up the rule aspect <laughs> only because – like, not a bad thing. It's actually a real-life real, a real life situation yeah. because with the rules, they are different. If you go to basketball in the 80s or even the 90s, it's different than it is today. Which people, A lot of people like the older style. Some like the newer style. Some people don't want to believe that the players today – don't think players today could have played back then. And right. some think players back then could have played today. Some think LeBron James could have played back then. Some don't. It's just one of those yeah. situations, hypotheticals that we love. <laughs> and I was just hoping that I was yeah. hoping that that would come out because yeah. honestly, it's, it, it, it is a real scenario there. Last one. 
He's unfortunately no longer with us. What game did you watch of Kobe oh, Bryant that um, you will never forget? Uh, the easy one, the easy one is his eighty-one point game. But I want to, I'm going to say his last ever game at the Staples Center when he scored sixty. 60 yeah when he when he hit that I think that was you won't forget that just because of all of the all of the stuff that they did pregame and then it was just kind of his send-off like it just it just felt right that that was the right way to watch him go out in the sunset it did man it's it's unfortunate he's no longer here I keep having people that friends with they're all saying they're amazed at how Vanessa how strong Mm -hmm. she is throughout this whole situation because a lot of people, male or female, you, you, you don't know what to expect. A lot of people don't believe they have the power and the strength and the mental capacity and can be mentally be, prepare themselves for something like this instantly to where one day you're preparing, you wake up, you're preparing to go watch your daughter play where your husband is coaching and then literally in an instant, the man you've been with, the only, I, I believe the only man, the only person she's ever dated is gone. Um, hate to see Kobe gone. But that 60-point game, man, is one that we'll never forget. Honestly, ESPN can't get enough of it because of those sports. They're still playing that game um, as well. Take a few moments, Craig, to promote your show. Where can people listen to you and Chris, um, your show? How can, they, how can they watch you if they want to watch you? And how Absolutely. Can they so our show is well? called Final Score. Uh, it's part of Podcast City Network. And uh, we stream live on Facebook Live. You can find us at uh, facebook.com slash final score. Uh, and then you can find us on Twitter, Instagram at PCN Final Score, uh, and then as well as on our website, podcastcity.net slash final score. Uh, and then that's where we're going to have our voting for the uh, Sports Movie Madness tournament, as well as raising funds uh, for people affected by the coronavirus. And uh, we try to do weekly. Uh, once sports gets back, we do, we do go weekly on the weekends, Saturdays and Sundays, depending on our work schedules. Uh, but that's, uh, that's the most places as far as listening to us, uh, via, uh, podcast outlets, we're on all the major platforms, Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, uh, Stitcher, uh, I'm probably forgetting a couple, but (laughs) those are the main ones. Any, basically anywhere that you find a (laughs) podcast, uh, we are probably on it. Hey guys, I would encourage you all the listeners out here on the podcast Get out there and vote on this movie bracket that they have put together. I have seen food brackets. I have seen uh, fictional coach brackets, like your fictional sports coaches. Which one? Which one's in a movie? Would you? Uh, who? Who would be your favorite? And I think movies. We can all connect with them. We can all. Uh, we've all watched most of them. If you have not, maybe go to YouTube, watch a quick trailer, say, "Oh, I like that one over this one." Things like that. We can all have fun with it. Craig, thank you so much for coming on i know everyone's quarantined or staying home we're supposedly <laughs> supposed to be staying home i understand that we need to get outside and at least enjoy some sunshine if you were lo- if you were inside for two weeks straight not going outside at all <laughs> we would go we would go insane we, we would literally lose our minds uh, so thank you so hey, much thank for you so much on, for having Craig. me really i've been uh, listening it. to your show for for quite a while now and uh, love the stuff you're doing uh keep it up man look forward to working with you again in the future
Guys, I sure hope you enjoyed that. It's always fun looking back from what players did in the previous year, then also looking ahead into what they might be able to might be able to do in the upcoming season. Now, if it's uh, Cameron Newton, we think some things about him. Jameis Winston, we have observations about him. Kyler Murray, we have expectations about him as well. These are all things that we as sports fans or sport, sports hosts or just peep any old person. You say, oh, look at what they did last year. What can they do next year? Trust me, a lot of people have expectations, have things that they believe these players can do, and it's fun talking about those things. Hoping, praying, wishing, believing we'll have football in the fall. Also, I mentioned a couple things uh, at the beginning of the show. I want to reiterate at the end. One, we're going to we're going to continue to have guests coming up on the podcast. Had some great guests coming up. An Ohio State podcaster, uh, a guy that is a thorough, thorough, very thorough guy when it comes to following Ohio State football and basketball. The ins and outs of the program weekly, um, biweekly. Sometimes they have podcasts. Hey, it's co-host Johnny. Be looking for that coming up next week, the week after draft week. I have a draft scout coming on of NFL Draft Bible. Be looking out for that. Great guy. He knows his stuff. He's very thorough and you enjoy how, how he gets us ready for the NFL draft. And then also, like I mentioned earlier at the beginning of the podcast, we have already reached and eclipsed the 4,000 downloads or plays mark in the history of, in the, within the first year, first anniversary year of the Jay Stevens podcast. And one of my goals, it wasn't the goal when I started the podcast, but it's a goal now. Would love, would love, to, would love to hit 5,000 downloads or plays with by May 12th, by May 12th, the anniversary, the one year anniversary of the Jay Stevens podcast. I don't care if it happens this week. I don't care if it happens in a couple weeks. Um, I don't care if it happens at the end of the month. I don't care if it happens at the beginning of May, in, at the beginning of May, or right at the beginning of May 12th. I don't care when it happens. I would just love to hit that milestone: 5,000 downloads or plays within the first anniversary year of a podcast. That is huge. Very, very huge, and I want to thank you for listening, you for subscribing, rating, and reviewing, and getting the word out via word of mouth to your friends, family, and even those foes that you have in your life about the JCMS podcast, the sports uh, talk that we have, the guests that are that come on the podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you again. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Jay Stevens Podcast. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at jstevens07. If you happen to not be on Twitter and you want to connect with the podcast, send your emails to jstevenspod at gmail.com. Remember to always subscribe, rate, and review. It's a great way for people that are searching for new podcasts to listen to to come across this one. Then remember to always get the word out about the podcast via word of mouth. The things that we enjoy in life, we are more willing and somewhat wired to tell other people about. So no matter if this was your first episode or if you have been listening since episode one, be sure that people know about the podcast. This has been episode 82 of the JC Podcast. I'll see you next time.